Welcome into the show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Tuesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. For those of you who aren't already doing so, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's at J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. You will get daily lists of most added fantasy players and my advice on them. There's also a weekly buy low, sell high segment that I do. And as we move on in the season, I'll be adding a lot more content on the Twitter side. Now that we're into the summer months and the schedules are more freed up, there will definitely be more Twitter presence for me there. You also want to be following there so you get uh, the show as soon as it's posted, because I always post the show out as soon as we get it uploaded there. So you never want to miss a show. You never want to miss any content. So go ahead and give us a follow there. One last thing we'll do here before we get into the show is I'll please ask you guys to leave a nice review at the bottom of the page if you could. A five-star review or some nice comments, whatever it may be. Uh, I feel kind of odd asking you guys to do this, but that's how that's how you grow in this in this business. You need to have proper reviews and high ratings on your show or else no one's going to see it. So if you guys do listen to the show, if you do enjoy what you're hearing, please do leave a review down there. It'll help us to move up search results and we'll be seen by more people. I'll just take a few seconds, so I'd really appreciate if you guys could do that. That's enough out of the self-promo side for me there. We will move into looking at yesterday's games, and we had quite a short slate yesterday, only seven games. But, you know, it was a really entertaining slate. Most of the games were fairly close. There were a couple that were a little more lopsided. But it was a really nice night of of baseball, a really nice sports night in general, too, with basketball playoffs going on. Uh, It's a great time to be a sports fan here. But, you know, with baseball kicking off here, it's going to be the only sport going pretty soon. Basketball's going to be over. Hockey's going to be over soon. We don't have football for a while. So you guys want to be getting into baseball. if you're not. I mean, you're listening to the show already, so you're already into baseball. But it's, it's a great time to really be kicking it into high gear and really investing yourself in the MLB season. Because for massive sports fans like myself, that's really all there is. I mean, there's other lower, low-key stuff going on in the, in the summer. Just in terms of the major events... Uh, baseball will be pretty much all we got left for the American sports. So that's why uh, we're going to be ramping it up here, obviously, as that's pretty much all you guys are going to have to listen to is baseball content. So I'll, I'll stop rambling. Let's get to the actual baseball content as opposed to talking about baseball content. We'll start off with the first game that happened yesterday, which was the Giants and the Brewers. It was a 4-2 Giants victory and really disappointing for Corbin Burns, I would imagine, to not get the victory here. He went six and two-thirds, only gave up two hits, and struck out 11. He's still looking like the best pitcher in baseball. You know, it was a little iffy there that first start. He wasn't great against the Cubs. He's really turned it around now. And through four starts, he's got an ERA of 175. You got to love it if you drafted Corbin Burns there uh, late in the first round, most likely. He's really turned in great value <clears throat> these last couple of starts. Uh, on the San Francisco side, they went with more of a bullpen day. Sam Long <clears throat> got the start, and he only pitched one inning. It was more of an opener. And pretty much everybody today for San Francisco just threw one inning or two innings. Camilo Doval got the save, and there was a little bit of question at the beginning of the year uh, whether or not he would be the closer, if it would be Jake McGee. It appears that it is Doval, despite some early season uh, questions and concerns for fantasy managers. Uh, if Doval is available in your league, he's probably not available in many leagues, but he should be added. I know he might have been dropped early on because there was some question of whether or not he was going to have the role going forward. But he is someone who should be on a roster, Uh, absolutely. Let's move on to the Phillies and the Rockies game. It was an 8-2 Phillies victory. 
And Kyle Gibson, you know, another good start from Kyle Gibson. Five and two-thirds, three hits, two earned runs. He struck out four. Uh, he did give up two homers and walk two, but he did come away with the victory here. Through his four starts on the season, his ERA sits at 3.47, which is really good. Uh, obviously, that, <clears throat> that <clears throat> excuse me, guys, I'm not sure what's going on here. I need to have a sip of water. That first start of the season was probably as good as you're going to see Kyle Gibson. But it's good that he's been able to maintain a good amount of value here in these last couple of starts. This is a promising start. Colorado's had a very good team so far this year. So the fact that he was able to keep them to two earned runs over just shy of six innings, I think that's a really positive sign. On the Colorado side, we had Kyle Freeland again, who, you know, I know Colorado just extended him. I don't really like his fantasy game. I don't really think that he's too valuable. Um I mean, it's an early small sample size, but through 19 innings, he's given up 13 earned runs, six walks. I'm just not really big on him. He wasn't bad here over five innings, gave up six hits, four runs. Only one of them was earned, so that kind of saved the line a little bit, and seven strikeouts. He's not somebody I would worry about on the fantasy side of things, though. I mean, I'm sure Colorado knows what they're doing, I think. I mean, maybe you're not sure of that. Uh, so I guess they see something in Freeland that maybe I haven't seen or other people haven't seen. I would just be leaving him on, on waiver wires. I don't see too much value in picking him up. Uh, let's keep it going with the Mets and the Cardinals. And we had another really nice pitching matchup here. It was Max Scherzer. And surprisingly, Miles Mikolas had a really nice game. We'll start with him here. Seven innings, four hits, no earned runs. He struck out five. I was trying to stay away from him yesterday, if possible, because I was a little concerned. Uh, short slate, you wanted to be careful with how many, with with who you were adding. You probably wanted to save your ads for later in the week. So he probably, maybe you picked him up, maybe you didn't, maybe you already had him. Uh, if you did have him for yesterday, then you're very happy with the results. Now, the Mets have been one of the best teams, if not the best team in baseball. So that's why I was a little bit concerned about sending him out there. I don't have a ton of confidence in him. But you know he was he was really good, so that's something you have to you have to remember. And he's probably someone who should be added at this point. Through twenty two innings, his ERA is one point two one. He's been really good. So if Miles Mikolas is sitting on your waiver wire, he should probably be added. You know, uh, I was singing a different tune yesterday, but he was really good against maybe the best team currently in baseball. Uh, certainly a top two or three team there. So really promising stuff for Mikolas. Uh, he should probably be on your rosters at this point. On the Mets side, Max Scherzer threw seven innings, only gave up two hits, and struck out ten. It was vintage Scherzer. It was fantastic. I didn't see much of this personally. I just was following along. But he was the numbers speak for themselves. He was brilliant. Uh, Trevor May came in, and despite giving up a couple of earned runs, came away with the victory because the Mets took the lead after he was on the mound. And we had Edwin Diaz save here. So not too much to go over uh, on that side. Let's move into the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, where we had a Jose Barrios start, which was pretty good. Uh, seven innings, five hits, two earned runs. He struck out only four. And now this one was one that I watched quite a bit, and Jose Barrios was giving up quite a bit of hard contact. It wasn't really affecting him too much because they were staying in the ballpark. But there were a lot of hard hit foul balls, a lot of deep fly balls to left and to right. He's... I'm not in a great place with Barrios. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy enough, but I think there is cause to be a little bit concerned uh, if he continues to give up that kind of hard contact because he's not going to be able to get away with two earned runs over seven innings uh, a lot if he's pitching the way he was yesterday. He wasn't particularly sharp, 
in my opinion. So something to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, Adam Simber came in and won his fifth game, or sorry, his fourth game in relief already through eight appearances. He's also got a save. Um, you know, Simber is someone who might be, have a touch of value. I mean, in an AL only league, uh, I think for sure he does. Even in a mixed league, you know, if he keeps this up and he has that, you know, he could probably win 10 games out of the pen this year. He's already won four. So 10 wins is a possibility. You add in a few saves there with pretty good other numbers, not high strikeouts. But he's someone like, I know that he's not going to have a closer role, but he's a really good reliever. In AL only formats, I would take a look at Adam Simber. Uh, maybe in mixed leagues, you don't take the chance there. But he's, I've really liked what I've seen from him so far. And four victories already. The Jays have 11 wins on the year. He's won four of them. So that, that's that's a big number. I don't expect it to continue at that rate, but it's something to definitely keep an eye on. On the Boston side, Nate Eovaldi actually looked really good here. Uh, over seven innings. A similar line to Barrios, but I did think he looked stronger. Over seven, he gave up five hits, two earned runs, and struck out five. He did give up two home runs. He was, I thought he was really good, honestly. Tough Blue Jay lineup pitching on the road, and he did a really good job. Uh, if you drafted Eovaldi, you're probably fairly happy with it, I would imagine. He's been pretty good through his four outings on the year. Uh, on the batting side, there was a Boba home run. Uh, a Boba grand slam, actually, that won the game for the Jays. Uh, a Lourdes Gurriel home run and a Matt Chapman home run. And Matt Chapman seems to be settling in fairly nicely here in Toronto. Uh, he's got hits in, I think, nine out of his last ten games. He's gone deep three times already. He's shown very good defense. Uh, Matt Chapman is someone, as a Jays fan, very happy he's in Toronto. And for his fantasy value as well, it definitely boosted his fantasy value coming over here. Let us move on to the Astros and the Rangers. <clears throat> Not a lot of games to go over, guys. Just about already done the recap after only a few games here. We had a 6-2 to two victory for the Rangers over the Astros. Uh, Dane Dunning went for Texas here and over five and two-thirds, gave up five hits, two earned runs, and struck out five. It's a totally fine outing from him. He's not someone I'm really interested in in fantasy. However, on the Astros side, it was unfortunate for Framer Valdez. He really was good here, uh, got his control back, and he was a lot calmer on the mound, I thought. Over six innings, four hits, one run. It was not an earned run. Uh, he struck out five and walked two. Definitely a bounce back over the last couple of outings. Uh, he's, you know, I think he's going to be one of the better pitchers in the American League this year. And maybe I'm overstating that a little bit. He suffers a little bit because he's not a major strikeout guy. I mean, he can strike people out. He's not a major strikeout guy, though. So in terms of fantasy, he's not maybe as good as in real life. I think he's really a good pitcher. I have a couple of shares of Valdez. So I'm very happy with what I've got from him so far. Despite some shakiness in those couple of starts with some control problems, uh, you got to be fairly happy if you have Valdez on your team. The next one is the Angels and the Guardians, and it was a 3-0 Angels victory. And Michael Lorenzen, another good start here. Over six innings, gave up only three hits, struck out three, and walked four. And, you know, I know it's a small sample size. Through 15 innings, his ERA is 2.94. Uh, not someone I'm terribly interested in, but he's in that category of we're going to keep an eye on and see what develops later on throughout the season. He's not going to be a terribly hot ad, I wouldn't imagine. He's someone that you can just keep an eye on for the most part. And, you know, uh, if you have him, ride the ride the wave. Maybe try and sell high because I don't think we're going to have too much of this. But, you know, he's a tricky one. He's a tricky one to nail down. Lorenzen, I believe, was a converted infielder. Maybe an outfielder. But I'm fairly certain he was a converted uh, position player into pitcher. 
typically they don't have a lot of sustained success. And I know I'm generalizing a little bit there, but your guys uh, historically, like your Rick and Keels, uh, well, he changed the other way around, didn't he? He went from pitcher to hitter. You typically don't see a ton of success in these transitions. And as good as he's been, I'm a little nervous uh, long-term that he'll be able to hold up this kind of value, a sub-3 ERA. That's the main thing I'm concerned about here, low strikeout numbers. I wouldn't really worry too much about Lorenzen here. Uh, really interesting, Taylor Ward hit a couple of home runs for the Angels after having some kind of some kind of disagreement with the umpire over not allowing time to be called. It was similar to what happened with Jazz Chisholm the other day. They wouldn't grant him time, and he was kind of upset about it. And the next pitcher, two pitches later, he hits a home run. So uh, kind of funny that's happened a couple times now over the last couple of days. Um, I'm not terribly interested in Taylor Ward. Deeper leagues, yeah, I would probably take a chance if you're in like a 20-team league or whatever. I probably would. If you're in one of those more standard 10, 12, 14-team leagues with only three outfield spots, it might be kind of hard to roster him. He's been really good so far to start the season, but I don't think long-term he's going to have too much value. We'll have to see, and I'm not a whole 100% sure on that one, but I think at the moment he's a, a deeper league ad, and in your standard shallow leagues, you just keep an eye on him, maybe put him on a watch list and see what he's doing uh, over the next week or two. On the Cleveland side, we had Shane Bieber give a pretty good outing. He's he's not the Shane Bieber he was in his Cy Young season, though. I, I am fairly certain that that Bieber is gone. Uh, he still was pretty good over six in the third. Seven hits, three earned runs. He struck out six. Uh, gave up two home runs and walked two. He was okay. You know, for Shane Bieber, you'd want a little bit more. You probably used a fairly high draft pick on him. Uh, through 22 innings, he has 22 strikeouts. You would have hoped for more. You would have hoped for more there. He's known as a massive strikeout guy, and that's always been something with him. Even if he's not totally on his game one day, he'll still, he can still give you like eight strikeouts over four innings kind of thing. So it's a little concerning what we've seen from Bieber so far. You obviously just got to hold him if you drafted him and hope for a turnaround. Let's move on to the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. It was a 4-0 Dodgers victory, and we had the first complete game of the season. Congratulations to Walker Bueller. Fantastic outing from him here. I was a little surprised they let him go the whole way, but 108 pitches, it's it's reasonable. They didn't go out, make him go something crazy like 120, 130. And he was he was fantastic. If you have him on your fantasy team, then he set you up for a nice week in these ERA, whip, and strikeout columns. Very good start there. Even in a points league, he gave you like 38 points last night or something. So massive stuff from him there. Uh, hopefully we get to see this more and more. I talked about it on yesterday's show a little bit at the end. Uh, as the season goes on, the baseball will be a bit better that we see. You know, players will adjust more. We'll see more home runs. We'll see more... Uh, pitchers going deep into games like this. Now, I don't think we'll see too many complete games because it's just not the game of baseball anymore. But, you know, a dominant outing like this is always really fun to see, particularly for those of you like me who have shares of Walker Bueller and you got to see a nice low ERA number from yesterday with the victory, with the 10 strikeouts. It was a, it was a perfect outing from him. Not Maybe not perfect, don't misunderstand, but pretty, pretty damn close to perfect there. Uh, on the Diamondback side, Merrill Kelly... You know, I was a little nervous about starting him, but this start honestly kind of just solidified for me that he is someone that should be rostered. Uh, six innings, seven hits, three earned runs, uh, four strikeouts. And for most people, you're going to say, okay, that's, that's all right. 
But he's pitching against the Dodgers. <clears throat> he was pitching against the Dodgers, and they are, you know, we don't have to talk so much about the Dodgers because everybody here who's listening who plays fantasy knows how great the Dodgers are. He held up to three runs over six innings, and he has been really impressive in all of his outings. So Merrill Kelly should be someone who is definitely rostered. Uh, if you didn't have him already, he's definitely going up in the roster percentage. So go and get him while you can if he's still available in any of your leagues. That's it in terms of the game recaps. Slow night in baseball, but you know sometimes that's really nice when there's less games. You can focus more on your players, focus more on individual games and matchups. And it's not such a frenzy of trying to keep track of 14, 15 games and who's doing what. So it was kind of a fun little break, but we are getting right back into it tonight with a 15-game slate on a Tuesday. Typically how it'll work in baseball, for those of you who aren't too familiar, Mondays, uh, sometimes Wednesdays and Thursdays are typically lower volume days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday. Wednesday's kind of a toss-up. It can be either or. But... Uh, there are some days that are typically more volume, higher volume days, and pretty much every Tuesday is going to be 15 games. So let's get right into it here. The first game of the night will be the Brewers and the Pirates, and we have Brandon Woodruff going out there again against Mitch Keller. Brandon Woodruff has not been great this year. He's been pretty good his last couple of times out, but um, that first start against Chicago is still really sitting there with the ERA. Despite not giving up runs in his last two outings, his ERA still sits over four. So this is a good chance here against a weak Pirates team to get it back under three here. Really work those numbers back down, work the strikeouts back up. Uh, we haven't really seen vintage Brandon Woodruff so far this year. So we'll hope to see him get back on track here uh, on the road in Pittsburgh. Mitch Keller on the other side. Not very interested in. If you have him, I would probably just drop him. He has not been very valuable over 13 innings. High ERA, high whip. Uh, pretty decent strikeouts, but not worth rostering Mitch Keller. Uh, if you have him, then by all means, send him back to the waiver wire. The next game of the night is Seattle and Tampa, and we have Logan Gilbert and Matt Whistler going up against each other. Logan Gilbert has been one of the best pitchers so far in baseball this year, and I'm interested to see how he can do on the road against a trickier Tampa team. So, yeah, I'm going to be using Gilbert here. I feel fairly confident he has been one of the better pitchers in all of baseball. And, you know, Matt Weisler is kind of uh, Weisler, Whistler. Uh, I'm not a, actually 100% sure how that one goes. He's going to be more of a starter here or more of an opener here. Sorry. So not anything to worry about uh, on the fantasy side there. Gilbert is definitely an interesting play here tonight, though, for sure. Uh, if we move on to San Diego and Cincinnati, that's the next game. The Reds have been really rough, guys. Um, three and thirteen to start the year. I know we know we were gonna they were gonna be bad, but they've been really, really, truly bad. Um, they're sending out Raver San Martin tonight. He's got knocked around quite a bit this year. Not somebody you're gonna want to be taking any kind of chance on. Uh, somebody you could probably stream against if there's you know maybe there's a a Padre or two who's been dropped, who might... Maybe you have an opening in your lineup, an injury, what have you. Maybe you can pick up a Trent Grisham, an Austin Nola, or somebody like that. Yeah, I really think that this matchup is really bad for him. I don't go anywhere near him in fantasy. Joe Musgrove, on the other hand, has been close to the best pitcher in baseball. Like He's been definitely in the top five or six pitchers in baseball this year. He gets a juicy matchup, a fantastic matchup here against Cincinnati. So we will see if he can continue his dominance. I expect him to, absolutely. 
Now we will move on to the next game, which is the Phillies and the Rockies. And we have a repeat of a pitching matchup from last week. I believe these two went against each other. Herman Marquez and Zach Eflin. Neither one of them is terribly interesting to me here. They're both kind of hit or miss guys. And, you know, the Rockies have been doing very, very well in terms of their offense. They have a 10 and 6 record, which I don't think anybody expected. So they're not quite the easy target like they would be on the road here, as people were thinking. On the other side, Philadelphia also has a fairly potent offense. Despite their 7-10 and 10 record, they have a lot of pop in that lineup. So I'm not terribly interested in either one of these starters here tonight. There's a chance you have Marquez rostered. Eflin probably isn't outside of deeper leagues. If you have them, I probably wouldn't be using them tonight. That would be how I would lean. Now, it also depends on what happened with your pitchers yesterday. Uh, your matchup this week, if you're facing a very pitcher-heavy friendly, pitcher heavy team with a lot of strikeouts, maybe you have to compete for strikeouts this week or what have you. So maybe there are some instances where you want to start these guys, but on, on the whole, I'm going to be saying probably not the best idea uh, for either of them. The next game is the Yankees and the Orioles, and really nice um, game here for Luis Severino. I'm going to be targeting him tonight um, in terms of daily contests. He's a really nice option who's not going to be too expensive, and he's going up against the Orioles here. Orioles have been not as bad as people have maybe expected them to be, despite them being fifth in the AL East, which is where they're going to be. They've been they're six and ten. They're, you know, it's not great, obviously, but it's not as bad as people were expecting. So a little bit of a surprise there. Jordan Lyles will be taking the mound tonight for them, and you know he's actually been okay this year. Not somebody I'm going to be interested in here on the road at Yankee Stadium. But he's definitely been someone uh, to keep an eye on. Not someone I think that's going to have any kind of fantasy relevance this year, most likely. But keep an eye on Jordan Lyles. Uh, if he's able to hold his own against the Yankees here, then maybe you say, I take a chance in a deeper league and add him. It's, that's an outside possibility. I don't expect much from Jordan Lyles. But so far, he's not been not too bad. So uh, keep an eye there. Severino, I'm expecting a really nice game from. So he is an all all systems go tonight. This is probably the best pitching matchup of the night, this next game. Uh, maybe not the best, but it's my favorite. You could argue it's the best. It's, it's a good one. Sandy Alcantara and Josiah Gray. I think that this is a really great battle. I like both of these pitchers quite a bit. Sandy Alcantara so far has been fantastic. Uh, last year, he was one of the better pitchers in the National League, and it kind of went under the radar because he lost a lot of games. The Marlins didn't give him any run support. Didn't win a ton, so he didn't really have the notoriety last year. If he keeps pitching the way he has so far this year, then he will have all the notoriety he wants. He'll be a household name everywhere. And he's 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 working in that direction. He's been fantastic, and it's a good matchup against the Nationals here. On the flip side, Josiah Gray, I also really like here. I also think it's a good matchup for him. Not quite as confident as Alcantara, because Alcantara, I think, is just, you know, really an excellent pitcher. But... Both of them, I think, are safe plays tonight. This is a game I'm going to be definitely keeping an eye on. Uh, I think it's I think it's my favorite pitching matchup tonight. It, there's a couple of interesting ones, but that one is really nice. Let's keep it going. This is probably the worst pitching matchup of the night here. Pretty ugly one. Uh, Daniel Lynch and Dallas Keuchel. Uh, it's unfortunate, Dallas Keuchel, a former Cy Young winner, but he's really, really declined. That last outing... Uh, my God, was it against the Guardians? I think it was the Guardians. He got wrecked. He gave up 10 runs in the first inning. We're not going to be going near Dallas Keuchel. We're not going to be going near Daniel Lynch in this game. It's just not worth an ad. It's not worth a stream. It's not. It's 
not worth using in daily leagues. There's no value in these guys here today. Sorry to dump on those guys there, but there's just there's just not much value. Let's go on to my hometown, Toronto Blue Jays, who are going up against the Red Sox once again. It'll be Kevin Gosman and Nick Pavetta. And Gosman last time out faced the Red Sox, and he was absolutely dominant. He went back out for the ninth inning. He was very close to pitching a complete game. Major thing with him this year is through 18 and two-thirds, he has yet to walk a batter. Really, really impressive stuff. Now, I was thinking he was going to be good when we brought him in here. I didn't think that he would be as good as he was last year, but so far he's been really nice. A little shaky in the first start from what I remember, but so far he has been everything the Jays could have hoped for. He's all systems go for tonight. While also acknowledging the Red Sox do have a nice little lineup there, but I think you're safe to deploy Gosman. Uh, on the other side, Nick Pavetta is definitely not someone I'd be interested in using tonight. He's got knocked around so far this year pretty bad, and I just don't have a ton of interest there. Leave him alone if you don't have him on your team. If you do have him on your team, you probably don't, but if you do, then I would probably recommend sitting him tonight. Uh, the next game is the Cubs and the Braves, and we have Max Fried and Marcus Stroman. Potential to be a really nice pitching matchup. Stroman has struggled this year so far. Uh, I know a lot of people have dropped Stroman and moved on from him. I'm probably going to be waiting and seeing how he does over the next few outings because he is historically a fairly, you know, consistently good pitcher. So I'm not ready to give up on him just yet. Uh, hold on to him here. It's a, not a bad uh, matchup. It's a little tough going in the road to face the defending champions. So I understand sitting him. But if you have him, I wouldn't be dropping him. Some people have dropped him, and I think that's a little too soon. You got to give him a bit of time. You got to give pretty much all these guys a bit of time. Now, there are some arms that you don't, that you can tell, like a Dallas Keuchel, where they just don't have it in the tank anymore and you can't waste your time there. Stroman is not one of those guys. I feel like you should hold on and see what he can give you over the next three, four starts. And then if he's still not doing well into mid into mid-May, then yeah, then you move on. But for now, we're holding on. Max Fried has been very good. Uh, first start of the year, first couple starts of the year, maybe a little bit shaky. Uh, got more back on track last time out. So we're going to be hoping for a good outing here against a fairly decent Cubs offense. Not a bad Cubs offense, but I feel confident in deploying Freed tonight. The next game is the Tigers and the Twins. And we have a matchup of very polarizing fantasy pitchers here. We have Chris Paddock and Eduardo Rodriguez. Now, I talked about Chris Paddock on Twitter. I mentioned him in my thread this morning. He's an interesting play because he's going to get two starts this week. He's going up against the Tigers here in the first one, and I know he hasn't been great. But I feel like he's probably worth taking a gamble on here. It might blow up in my face. Uh, I might get mentioned a lot tomorrow on Twitter because of this. But I feel like he's a decent play to to try tonight, especially if you know you had a bad night yesterday with your pitchers. Not that there were many pitchers that got knocked around yesterday, but if you had a bad start to your week and you're looking to make up stats, then Paddock is a very decent option. I think especially starting against the Tigers here and the fact that it's most likely going to be a two-start week for him, I like that from Paddock. So I think he's probably worthy of an add. Eduardo Rodriguez, I really don't have a lot of faith in him. And the Twins have actually been fairly good offensively, so I don't think I'm going to be recommending starting Eduardo Rodriguez tonight. He's just not, he just doesn't have a ton of value anymore. Not that he ever really did have a ton of value, but now he's just kind of, I don't know. I think the Tigers made a big mistake giving him all that money. I think it was $77 million or something. I don't understand sports. I don't understand how they how money goes around in sports like that. Like, it's, 
it's kind of crazy to me, especially for a guy like that who's never really proven anything, you know, and they throw they throw an empty check at him, throw a blank check at him, and I think it's going to come back to bite them a little bit. Anyway, let's move on to the Cardinals and the Mets. That's the next game here in St. Louis, and another fairly good pitching matchup, Jordan Hicks versus my guy Chris Bassett. I really like Chris Bassett. I think he'll have a good outing here tonight. Now, there is a little bit of a risk. I think just because Scherzer was so good yesterday, the Cardinals hitters are very professional hitters. They have a very complete lineup, so I don't know how much you're going to be able to fool them on back-to-back nights. Bassett has great stuff, great pitcher. Don't get me wrong. I just think that those hitters are really good in St. Louis, so I'm maybe a little bit nervous here. I love Chris Bassett going back several years, especially last year. I really like Chris Bassett, so... I, I think I'm fairly confident here, but also keeping in the back of my mind that they kind of got embarrassed a little bit yesterday by uh, by Scherzer. So it's going to be, and I know they got, got a couple of runs back eventually, but I, I just don't see them having like getting shut out back-to-back nights, not on that team. So if you are using him tonight, beware. There'll probably be a couple of runs given up, but I think he's fairly safe. Uh, Jordan Hicks, I don't think he's quite stretched out enough yet that he's going to be a safe play. Uh, throughout the season, I'm sure once he gets stretched out, he will be someone who you can safely use. But tonight, I don't think it's worth using a spot on. Let's move on to the Astros and the Rangers. Jake Odorizzi and Taylor Hearn are the starters here. And I would definitely recommend using batters from both of these teams. In If you're using a DFS lineup for tonight, then target these two pitchers because neither of them are very impressive. Uh, Odorizzi in particular, I don't have a lot of confidence. And Hearn has actually looked intermittently not terrible this year. Uh, Odorizzi, I'm not not a big fan of, so I, I would feel very confident deploying these uh, deploying lineups based on. Um, I, that was not good English. I, I'm a journalist, so that's that's really bad. I would feel confident using batters against these pitchers in daily or season long lineups. There you go. I did it. I got it out. Sometimes the words uh, escape me, despite the fact that I'm a journalism major. Sometimes there are, I can't uh, find my words for whatever reason. I know it's a bit of an odd combination there. Let's keep going with the Guardians and the Angels. And another pretty solid pitching matchup here, Tristan McKenzie and Patrick Sandoval. Both guys I'd feel comfortable using. I'm really interested to see how McKenzie can do this year. I don't know if it'll be a breakout for him, but I really like his fantasy game. And his game in general. And the same goes for Sandoval. You know, can this be a breakout for him? I really liked him down the stretch last year. And so far this year, he's looked pretty good. Five walks through eight innings is a little concerning. But I'm very confident deploying these guys tonight. Uh, Just a couple of games left here. We have the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. Tony Gonsolin going up against Zach Davies. Gonsolin has been fantastic. And he's still fairly widely available. I think he's available in 40-plus percent of Yahoo League's. And probably a little bit more than that on ESPN. So if he's still available, he's a major target for me tonight. And even going forward throughout the season, I think he can be a back end of your rotation kind of guy. Definitely go and add Tony Gonsolin. On the other side, Zach Davies, no, we're not going to be using him. Very rarely am I going to recommend any pitchers going up against the Dodgers. And especially not one with Zach Davies numbers this year and track record. So we're going to be leaving Davies alone here. Let's move into the last game of the night and also potential for a really good pitching matchup here. Uh, Dalton Jeffries and Carlos Rodon. Now, Jeffries has been one of the more surprising things. I mean, the A's in general have been fairly surprising uh, with a 9-8 and record. I don't think anybody expected them to have a winning record to this point. His starts have all been fairly good. 
the worst one he had was against Toronto, and even that one, four and a third, he gave up two earned runs. It's not great, but he was on the road in Toronto. You know, the other two starts uh, shut out Philly over five innings at Citizens Bank Park, and at home against the Orioles over six innings. Uh, another shutout, another shutout start. So he's been very impressive, and he's someone to keep an eye on. It's a, it's an iffy one here, but he's definitely been added in quite a few leagues. If you added him, then I feel okay about using him here. I don't feel fantastic about it, uh, but he's been very good so far this year. He hasn't really burned us. So until he does burn you, I think you kind of have to go with him while also knowing in the back of your head, like he will eventually burn you. There will be a start or two, maybe not yet, but throughout April, May, probably in May where he will burn you. You'll have to drop him at some point. I could be wrong about that, but that's my gut feeling with him. Carlos Rodon on the other side is an early Cy Young favorite in the National League. Uh, through 17 innings, he struck out 29 batters, ERA of 1.06. And, you know, I was a little nervous with him going to San Francisco. He was great with the White Sox last year after having never been very good in the past. It seemed like they figured something out. Now, we have talked uh, with our guests, and I've talked on my own at length about how San Francisco really does a good job of bringing in pitchers and talent from other organizations and retooling them, fixing a couple things, maybe fixing a mechanical thing. And they're a different player after a year or so in San Francisco. Now, Rodon was already good last year, but this is another level so far. So if he can keep this up, and this is a great opportunity for him to keep it up here at home against Oakland. Now, I know Oakland's been pretty good this year, but we have to realize who these batters are. They've been playing, they've been punching above their weight class. So it's not going to continue. They're not going to be above 500 team. They are going to plummet, and Rodon will be one of those guys who, you know, leads to that kind of downfall. He's too good to really give up much against this kind of lineup. So far, the way he's been pitching this year, he's like, you can make an argument that he's the best pitcher in baseball so far. Not obviously that he is better than guys like DeGrom and Scherzer and whatnot, but this year he's there's been no one better. So it's about as safe of a play as you're going to find on the slate tonight or really at any point in the season is a guy like him pitching at home against Oakland. And I know Oakland's been pretty good. I just don't have a ton of faith that they're going to be able to sustain that. Now, I could be wrong. I don't think I am. I'm fairly certain that Oakland will come back down to earth uh, sooner rather than later. So, you know, I feel very com- fairly confident in both of these starters for tonight. Uh, maybe a l- Yeah, I, I'd, be, I'd be nervous about Jeffries, but fairly confident still. Uh, Rodon, obviously, is a, is a must-play guy tonight. Let's go and take a look at the waiver wire and take a look at some of the more added and dropped players today. Jock Peterson, again, went yard yesterday. And yes, he should be on a roster, absolutely. Currently, uh, for Yahoo Category Leagues, he is the number five ranked player for the year. He is the fifth ranked player. you got to have him on a roster, you know. Um, he might be, he's probably someone you should try and sell high on because I really like Jock Peterson, but this is unsustainable. See if you can maybe package him with somebody else and move up and get some kind of sell-high deal done with him there. Uh, you can hold on to him, but I don't think he'll sustain this value very long going forward. And he's not someone who's going to play a lot against lefties. Uh, so that's something also to keep in mind. Uh, Eric Lauer still being added in a lot of leagues. People are still happy about that start from the other night against Philly, where he struck out 13 over 6. Very comfortable ad there uh, for Eric Lauer. No problem. His next outing will be at home against the Cubbies. Uh, fairly safe ad there. Taylor Ward, we talked about earlier. He's more of a deeper league guy for now, but we're going to be keeping an eye and seeing what the production is. It's a very crowded outfield there in Los Angeles. They have a lot of guys who 
you know, they have probably four or five guys who deserve regular outfield reps. Trout, um, Marsh kind of goes in and out. Ward, Adele, uh, Otani, depending on the day, might play in the outfield. There's a lot of guys who can compete for outfield time uh, with Los Angeles. So I have a bit of a hard time believing he's going to have an every single day role. He's mostly had one so far. I just, I, I don't know. There's something about his game, his fantasy game. I don't feel it's very sustainable. Yes, he had two home runs yesterday. And yes, people will add him just solely off of that. But I think you have to be very cautious in dropping someone who is an established player for Taylor Ward because he's not very established yet. He's really not. He's shown good power potential, but you have to be very careful in adding him in a standard league. J.P. Crawford is also being added quite a bit. And yeah, I get it. He's been very hot. Now, something I said yesterday, I've mentioned on Twitter. Uh, I've talked about him a few times now. He only plays shortstop, and shortstop is a very crowded fantasy position. So you probably already have your shortstop taken care of. Now, you can stick him in a utility slot. Or maybe you have a middle infielder slot on your fantasy team. There are a lot of different formats and scoring settings and uh, positional eligibility settings. Uh, that, I didn't phrase that very well, but you guys know what I mean. There are different formats where some leagues you can have you know, three shortstops starting. Some leagues are just one. So it really depends on your format. If you have multiple shortstop slots, then I like him a lot more. If you just have the one, then not so much because then you'll have to put him in the utility slot. He'll take up a spot of somebody else and then someone else has to go. So I'm not totally, I'm not massive on him. I know he's a, not a bad player um, fantasy-wise, maybe a back-of-the-bench guy, but he's not a priority ad for me or anything like that. Tony Gonsolin is more of a priority ad. He's been really good so far, and he gets a great matchup tonight against Arizona. So, yes, go grab Tony Gonsolin. Uh, Jorge Lopez has also been added quite a bit. And he's still fairly available. He's up to 56% rostered on Yahoo. But I think you guys can go ahead and add him if you're in need of saves. Uh, pretty much everybody is in need of saves unless you have... I, I have one team where I drafted where I have Josh Hader and Jordan Romano on the same team. So that team, I don't have to worry about saves for the whole year. I'm, I, I mean, I'm going to knock on wood here, touch wood, just to make sure. But, you know, there are certain cases where it doesn't matter who's available. For saves on the wire, you're already taken care of. So... A lot, of, a lot of cases, yeah, you're going to pick up Lopez, but just evaluate your roster there before you do. Uh, Josiah Gray also being added in quite a few leagues, and yes, really like it there. He struggled a bit against the Mets in his first start, but he's done well against Atlanta and Arizona. A good matchup tonight against Miami. So yeah, go add Josiah Gray. Uh, Danny Jimenez also being added. He's a more of a short-term add for saves right now. When Lou Trevino comes back, then he's going to be probably back into a more middle-slash-setup role. Now, Trevino has been kind of hit or miss, and he did lose the save, the closer's job at the end of last year, from what I remember. So there is an opening for Jimenez, even once Trevino comes back, depending on performance. So someone to keep an eye on. If you do add, maybe don't drop him right when Trevino comes back. See how it goes for a start or two, and then make your decision from there. Uh, Christian Javier is also being added quite a bit, and he's someone who you should go ahead and add right away. He's going to be starting against the Rangers uh, tomorrow. So... Definitely want to go add him there. Big strikeout potential. They're going to be going with a six-man rotation in Houston. You know, uh, I'm not sure if Odorizzi should really be in the rotation still. Maybe they should just make a swap there. But whatever. Um, while he's getting starts, Christian Javier is definitely going to be someone to roster. He's only 46% rostered in Yahoo leagues right now. Someone that you should go and grab while you can. Uh, Chris Paddock is the last one we'll talk about. I think Chris Paddock is an interesting ad. We mentioned him earlier. You have to see how he does tonight against Detroit until you can really make that basis. But, I, you know, I've always liked him as a pitcher. 
I know he's underperformed throughout his career so far, his short career. But this is a good matchup for him to get back on track. And plus, with it coming in a likely two-start week, I feel fairly comfortable adding him here. Those are the ads. Those are the most added players. Now we will take a look at the most dropped players. Eddie Rosario has been dropped quite a bit. And I, I understand it. Even last year when he was very good, he wasn't like a necessarily a must-roster guy. He does contribute across all the categories to varying degrees. But I understand dropping him. If you have an IL slot, I would put him in the IL slot. But um, I don't. I don't think you should be dropping him. Uh, this one blows my mind. Merrill Kelly is getting dropped in leagues. Do not. Do not drop him. Do not drop him. He's been excellent the whole year, and even against a tough Dodgers team, he had a good outing. So it doesn't make sense for me to be dropping him. I know he doesn't play for a good team. He's not a massive strikeout guy. But from what you've seen so far this year, he's got to be on a roster. That's that's just my opinion. Uh, Stephen Kwan is also being dropped quite a bit. Again, I don't understand it. He's got a hamstring problem. He's missed a few games in a row. And I don't know if that leads back to running into the wall at Yankee Stadium the other day. I th- I'm not 100% sure. Um so I don't know. I don't know the extent of this injury really. They've just said it's a hamstring strain. They're just calling him day to day, but I wouldn't be dropping Stephen Kwan, especially if you're in an on-base percentage league. He's very valuable there, uh, so hang on to him. Miles Straw has also been dropped quite a bit. He's been fairly cold this last week, four for his last twenty-six. He is. Um, I talked about it before the season. He's probably going to be a guy who is just a steel specialist kind of guy. Now, if he continues to lead off for this, for this, I was about to say the old name. If he about to lead, if he continues to lead off for this Guardians team, then yeah, he's a valuable guy. Uh, he's currently eighty percent rostered, which does feel a little bit high, but he's a valuable steals asset. He can play every single day. He will play pretty much every single day. Uh, it's a matter of if they move him down in the batting order with the struggles. We'll see. It's possible. I would hold for now and see what the next week or so brings. Uh, Kyle Gibson being dropped quite a bit. I'd probably hold on to Kyle Gibson. Again, I don't really understand it. Maybe some people just streamed him in. I feel like he's a guy who can hold back of your rotation value for this season. So I'd probably hold on to him there. Uh, Another crazy one here, Adam Duvall being dropped in quite a few leagues. And yeah, he's struggled. No doubt he's struggled. He had 38 home runs last year and drove in 113. So I'm not in a big hurry to go and drop him. I'll give him a little bit more rope than I would for other guys. Let him figure it out. And he will figure it out, Adam Duvall. He's a massive power threat. He hasn't gone deep this year so far. But once he does, he's a streaky home run guy. He'll hit a bunch once he gets going. So something to keep in mind there. Do not go drop Adam Duvall yet. I think that's a little bit too soon. Let us move into our DFS portion of the show. And we've been very successful these last couple of days with DFS. We had a big Sunday. We had our biggest score we've had so far uh, throughout the whole season. And then yesterday, we had... A really good day as well. And a massive part of that was Walker Bueller. If you had Walker Bueller in a DFS lineup yesterday, then you probably walked away with a few bucks. There's a good chance of that. Uh, depends who you paired him with and depends who else was in your lineup because you can make mistakes. You can have one guy perform very well and then a bunch of zeros. It can happen. But Bueller uh, returned 47.4 points here. Nine innings pitched, a complete game. He struck out 10, only gave up three hits, and he hit a batter. About as good as you could possibly have hoped for from Walker Bueller. He returned 47.4 fantasy points. That's It's one of the better starts we're going to see throughout the year. So that was a huge win. 
I had Framber Valdez as my other starting pitcher, and he returned 21.7 points over six innings, gave up five strikeouts, two walks, and four hits. No earned runs between our two starters from yesterday. Got to consider that a win. Uh, even though Valdez didn't get the victory, he pitched well enough where he probably could have. So we're not going to gripe too much there. We had two zeros in the lineup. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, who, you know, I think I'm going to have to start giving up on Alejandro Kirk here. I've had the mindset with him that it's any day now. It's any day now. He's just really hasn't had much power, hasn't had much pop in the bat. So, And I say this, he'll probably go yard tonight. That's usually how it works. But I don't have a ton of faith in him at the moment. Uh, he needs to earn that back from me. The other zero we had was Starling Marte. And when the Mets were scoring some runs there late yesterday, I thought Marte was going to contribute in some way to that. He didn't. He was 0 for 5. He was very cheap yesterday, so that's why I didn't have much of a problem with using him. But, you know, it happens. 0 for 5. Let's talk about some of the better elements of the night. Bobby Dahlbeck, who was very low roster percentage yesterday, actually turned in a very reasonable game. 2 for 4 with two base hits and a run. He was the minimum price, so you'll take that at the minimum every day. I had Marcus Semien as my second baseman. He went one for four. He had a base hit, scored two runs, had an RBI, and also walked very good there. Uh, Jeff McNeil I had in the outfield. He went two for four, two doubles in a run. George Springer was also two for four with a couple of singles in a run. Uh, we also had Trey Turner, who was one for four with a double and two RBIs. Uh, so, you know, we had a very good day, 120 points yesterday. We're going to be happy with that. Most days, you know, most days you're going to take that and most of the time you're going to make money off of it. It's hard to say every single time you're going to make money off of any score because there are variables. The, the, there are nights where you have an 85-point lineup that might win you money. There are nights when you have a 120-point lineup that might not win you money. So it definitely varies. Let's talk about some guys that I'm targeting in today's lineups. <clears throat> Josiah Gray, I think it's really interesting for $36. There are guys, there are a lot of good pitching options on the slate tonight. There, from Alcantara at 49, Rodon at 53, who I'm also using, Carlos Rodon. Uh, Max Fried at 46 is fairly reasonable. Gonsolin at 41. There are really a, a lot of good options on the mound tonight. I'm going with Josiah Gray and Carlos Rodon. Rodon is very expensive. Gray is a little bit more on the low side at 36 to balance it out a little bit so you can feel more confident uh, building out the rest of your lineup there. You still got some money to play with. So we have the max, the most expensive pitcher in Rodon and then a middle-of-the-pack guy in Gray. But I think Gray has top-level upside tonight, so that's why I'm using him there. I have Yasmani Grandal as my catcher. feel confident here, despite the struggles. Very low salary at $11, and I like the matchup. So we're going to go with Grandal there. Yuli Gurriel is my first baseman. Again, I like the matchup against Taylor Hearn, and he has been picking it up recently. He's been very hot. So we like Yuli Gurriel here. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the second base slot, I have Trevor Story, who, again, has picked it up a little bit after a slow start. He's due for more of an outbreak. So I like Trevor Story here for $13. Despite it being a tough matchup with Gosman, I think he's going to be worth the price. Bobby Witt at $10 is my third baseman. And again, someone who started to figure it out a little bit more. He's got hits in four consecutive games, and he's stolen a couple of bases. So it's only a matter of time before he really figures it out and starts hitting the ball out of the yard. Uh, decent matchup here. Very good matchup here, actually, against Dallas Keuchel. So that's why I'm using him. Corey Seager I have as my shortstop. And again, it's a matchup thing. Jake Odorizzi, I really like that matchup. Seager has been fairly good to start the year so far. A little hit or miss these last few nights. But he had a good game yesterday, and I feel confident here tonight using him. Uh, in the outfield, I'm starting with Andrew Vaughn, who will have an opportunity to play more 
pretty much every day now with Eloy Jimenez going down for six to eight weeks. Vaughn is someone who should be rostered in just about every league, and he's going to be very valuable uh, in, in a points league setting as well, I think. So tonight, I like him going up against Lynch for Kansas City, who is not not very good. Uh, let's just let's just put our cards on the table. Not a very good pitcher here. Though. So I have a couple of White Sox in my lineup for that reason, uh, Vaughn and Grandall. Not sure where Vaughn's going to bat in the lineup necessarily here. Probably somewhere in the middle, but uh, not confirmed there. The other two outfield slots, I have Fran Mil Reyes, who has started to figure it out more as well in recent games. He had a couple of home runs in a row. Uh, he's had a couple of games that are hitless since then. But, you know, he started to turn it around in another streaky kind of hitter who really has some excellent pop that's not really appreciated throughout baseball as much as it probably should be. I really like Fran Mill here, uh, $11, very cheap price. I'm rounding out my, my lineup with Mike Trout for 24 uh, you know, he's been very hot since he came back. And, he, you know, he's fairly hot before he went out, too. He is someone who every night is going to be someone who's a threat to contribute 15, 20 fantasy points. Uh, he's been very hot so far this year, despite missing some time. So I really like Trout here for a $24 salary. A little on the pricier side, but I do like Trout here. Guys, that's going to pretty much do it for us for today. Uh, we're going to come in about 50, 52 minutes here because... Obviously, there was less of a recap section than we typically have to do with only the seven games yesterday. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd like you guys to please, if you could, go and leave a nice review down the bottom of the page. We're trying to expand here, and that is actually a really easy way for you guys to help out and help us expand. So if you have the time, I hope you do, listen to the show because it's just a couple of seconds extra. Just scroll down to the bottom of the page, click the five stars, and that's all it is. Just a few seconds of your day really helps us out here. So I'd really appreciate it if you guys could do that. Also, go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter. You can follow me at JoeOrico99. That's at J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. You get my lists there that I post every day. There, There's weekly content. There's daily content. I also just tweet out some other random thoughts and stuff like that. The odd retweet, quote tweet, things like that. So give me a follow there. Also, go ahead and follow the Ethos Fantasy BB account. That's E-T-H-O-S Fantasy BB it is the page for um, Sports Ethos' baseball division, essentially. And we post a show out from there every single day. I post it out on my own account as well, but there are some days where I'm a little delayed and it goes out on the other account first. So you want to be following both of those accounts to make sure you get the show as soon as it posts. If there is some delay one day or if you are in a hurry, whatever, you need to get your lineup set, you want to listen, get a little bit of advice, then you want to know when the show is released right away. So there's no delay there. That'll be it for us, guys. For those of you who stuck around, and I probably should have mentioned this off the top, but we will be bringing in another guest tomorrow, a very well-known man in the fantasy baseball community. So make sure you don't miss tomorrow's show. Uh, It'll be advertised on Twitter and whatnot. But make sure you're following here. Make sure you turn on notifications. And make sure you're downloading the show, because that's really what we need to get people doing here, downloading the show. And that will lead to a lot more growth. So thank you guys once again for listening. I hope you have a fantastic Tuesday and a very successful night in fantasy. Cheers, everybody. Take care. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.